Welcome to Revival from the Bible, a daily devotional podcast designed to help more people get into God's Word and get more out of the Word. I'm Ben Blakey. Today's passage is Romans 14. Why can't Christians just agree? Why can't we just have the same opinions? Why does it seem that we disagree on some things? Maybe you've had these thoughts before, and certainly disagreement can be a point of frustration, and certainly it's natural for us to have a desire for harmony and unity and agreement. And I think until Jesus comes back, though, we will have to answer some of those questions, and and there will still be disagreements and differences of opinion. For instance, I, I wish we could just get Christians to all agree on the things that the Bible, I would say, is pretty clear on. But unfortunately, we have many people, and sometimes people that call themselves to be Christians, that say they honor the Bible, but they don't seem to be actually doing what the Bible says. I mean, that can be a big source of frustration. But there may be some things on which the Bible isn't as clear, and Christians can have different opinions about those things, strong opinions about those things. How do we navigate that? How do we navigate life in what many have often called the gray areas, areas where it doesn't seem that the Bible is black and white, or maybe there is a command that is black and white, but okay, how do I apply that to certain situations? And Christians, again, can disagree and strongly disagree about these things. How are we supposed to navigate that? Thank God for Romans chapter 14. Romans chapter 14 gives such helpful and godly wisdom for us in navigating issues like this with other believers. Chapter 14 begins, as for the one who is weak in faith, welcome him, but not to quarrel over opinions. There, we are not as Christians to quarrel over opinions. And again, the context, I think we start getting into issues where the Bible is not as clear because we see in other places in the New Testament, we are to contend for the faith. And we see Paul making some strong arguments, even in Romans about how does one get saved? No, it is by faith, not by our works. So he's not talking about key issues of doctrine here. He's talking about opinions on how we live out the Christian life. And here you see talk of meat versus vegetables. And another thing you'll see is, well, esteeming one day better than another. And these could have been, obviously, some critical issues in the early church. The whole issue of meat sacrificed to idols. What do we do about that? And some Christians saying, who cares? Idols aren't real eat the meat. And other Christians that are very bothered in their conscience by that meat and now it's pagan associations. Also, there could have been debates even about what day do we worship? Do we worship on Sunday or, you know, especially a Jewish background, do do we still observe the Sabbath and do that? Or what about these Jewish festivals? And now, especially now that Gentiles are being included in the church. And again, that's just something we should understand as we look through both this chapter and the next chapter, some of these issues, especially as we saw in a place like Acts 15, are now accentuated in a church that is increasingly mixed with Jews and Gentiles. 
How do we come together when our cultures even are so different? Now, some of those issues can still come up today. You can have Christians uh, that maybe still debate which day we should worship on. And I think anybody that takes too dogmatic of a stance like that needs to give more attention uh, to Romans 14. Anybody that would say Christians should only ever gather on Saturday because that was the Sabbath, or any Christian that says, well, no, Christians can't do that. You shouldn't gather and worship on a Saturday. I think you need to listen a little more to Romans 14, where it makes it clear, hey, you might have differing opinions on this and you shouldn't fight about that. And there's a long list of things we could talk about in our culture in a more modern context. I mean, I just think of many issues related to to family and the raising of a family. How are you going to school your children? What kind of medical decisions are you going to make for your children? What kind of entertainment will you allow or not allow in your home? Christians can have differing opinions on these things. Alcohol, the Bible clearly says, do not get drunk and has some warnings about alcohol in the scriptures. Okay, well, how does that apply? Should I drink none at all? Can I, am I free to drink some? You know, what what should that look like in my life? Christians can disagree about that. Uh, Even churches. Okay, should we be bigger as a church? Should we try to have a big church? Should we try to be really, really small? What what about kids? Should we try to have them as, as soon as they're able in, in the service, even when they're six months old? Or should we have a nursery? Should we have a kids ministry program for younger kids? These are things Christians can debate about. I remember back in the heyday of COVID, well, even things like, should I wear a mask or should I absolutely not wear a mask? Christians could debate these issues. And we could go on and on and make a long, long list of these things. The role of technology in our lives, what's appropriate or not appropriate in a dating relationship or online dating. Obviously, in a lot of these things, we would say, hey, there are some clear black and white lines in scripture, but well, what about the things that scripture doesn't clearly speak to? And that's where Romans 14 can be very helpful. And I want to give us five principles from Romans 14 that will help us navigate these issues. And the first is do your best to please the Lord. Do your best to please the Lord. And it makes it clear that we are servants of the Lord. In verse four, it says, who are you to pass judgment on the servant of another? It is before his own master that he stands or falls. So again, it's giving this idea there is divine accountability. We will all stand before God. And in verse six, it says the one who observes the day observes it in honor of the Lord. And the one who eats, eats in honor of the Lord, since he gives thanks to God, while the one who abstains abstains in the honor of the Lord and gives thanks to God. So in all of these situations, you need to do your best to please the Lord. Hey, I'm going to choose to do this for my family, or I'm going to choose to handle alcohol in this way. And my main motive in doing that is not to please myself. It's to please and honor the Lord. In any of these situations, I'm genuinely going to seek the Lord and to do what I think is best and right to honor Him. That is what I am going to do as I make these decisions. That should be your desire. Now, that's what we do. The other four things are going to be don'ts. 
Don't do this. And we've already seen it. The first one of those, or our second thing, don't judge others. Do not look down on others who may have a different opinion than you. Uh, One commentator comments on this idea of despise. Don't despise your brother that we see in this passage. Uh, In verse three, let not the one who eats despise the one who abstains and let not the one who abstains pass judgment on the one who eats. It As one commentator says, it indicates a contempt for someone as worthless who deserves only disdain or abhorrence. You shouldn't look down on somebody else as worthless and judge them, even in your own mind and heart, if they decide something different from you in some of these things. Hey, they will give their account to God. You focus on doing your best to please God. The Lord, instead of passing judgment on your brother, verse 10, for we will all stand before the judgment seat of Christ. Verse 12, so then each of us will give an account of himself to God. We're all going to stand before God. You worry about, first and foremost, yourself and doing what is best. And don't judge your brother in these issues. The third thing, is don't make others stumble. You need to resolve right now not to make others stumble in these things by intentionally doing something that you know someone might have a problem with, and so it may excessively frustrate them, or it may actually cause them to sin and go against their conscience. And that's where there's a strong connection here with chapter 14 and what we saw in chapter 13 of love fulfilling the law. And you see that in verse 15, for if your brother is grieved by what you eat, you are no longer walking in love by what you eat. Do not destroy the one for whom Christ died. You've got to look at your Christian brother or sister and say, Jesus died for this person. Jesus loves this person. And so I love this person. So I don't want to cause them unnecessary grief. And certainly I don't want to tempt them to go against their conscience or to give into sin. I I don't want to do that. And when we talk about some of these gray areas, another term that comes up is, you know, Christian liberty. And I think we in America sometimes fundamentally misunderstand that where we view Christian liberty as this is what I have the right to do. But when you read Paul, and this isn't the only place we'll see him talk about this, it seems that he views Christian liberty as here is what I am free and willing to give up for the sake of my brother. It is guided by his love for others. So you need to resolve not to make others stumble. And the fourth thing I would say from this passage is don't make Christianity all about the externals. Don't make Christianity all about the externals. And I think sometimes things like this, you can get a little more rigid or even legalistic. Well, uh, you know, we never watch TV and we don't play cards and we all dressed to the strictest uh, levels of modesty. And, and, you know, we do all of these external things. And if that's what you think is best to honor God, then go and, and do that. But we see in verse 17, it reminds us for the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit, right? You can look at a lot of gray area issues and say, well, I'm going to err on the the more, you know, strict side of every single one of these, you can still do all of those things and have a bad heart. You can 
do all of those things and not really actually be trying to please the Lord and to serve him. Because really, the kingdom of God is that's here. It's not ultimately about eating or drinking. It's about things that are going on in your heart, righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. So don't think you can just reduce the Christian life. Well, if I just check all of these boxes, I'm good. Because God is ultimately after your heart. And fifth and finally, don't go against your conscience. And that's what's expressed there in the final verse. But whoever has doubts is condemned if he eats because the eating is not from faith. For whatever does not proceed from faith is sin. And again here, clearly talking about this issue of eating meat and meat that has possibly been sacrificed to idols. And it's saying if someone is eating that, but they're, they're having this doubts, like I shouldn't be eating this, I shouldn't be eating this. This doesn't, this doesn't seem right to me, but they eat it anyways. That is not good. You should not do that. Whatever does not proceed from faith is sin. So if there's something that you're being tempted to do, or even another Christian saying, Hey, it's fine. You should do this. But you're just like, I shouldn't do this. I shouldn't do this. Don't do it. God gave you your conscience for a reason. And we should not develop a habit of going against our conscience. Now, maybe over time, our consciences may become more biblically informed and changed. And maybe our conscience will get more strict on some things and maybe less strict on others in accordance with the Bible. But wherever you are, this makes clear, don't go against your conscience. So, Get used to disagreeing with other Christians because I'm pretty sure it's going to happen until we're all there with Christ. But to help you navigate that, remember, do your best to please the Lord. Don't judge others. Don't look down on them. Don't make others stumble. Don't make Christianity all about the externals and don't go against your conscience. Again, thank God for Romans chapter 14. Thanks for digging into God's Word with me today on Revival from the Bible. For more resources, check out RevivalFromTheBible.com. To learn more about Compass Bible Church Treasure Valley, go to CompassBible.tv. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you.